How's it going guys? Welcome back to Taxes Made Simple. I'm your host Carlton Dennis. In today's video, we're going to go over how to save on taxes as an LLC owner. I know there are a lot of new business owners that watch my channel and there's a lot of progressing business owners that are watching this channel as well. And if you're someone that has an LLC, I'm going to paint a picture for you on exactly how you can save money so you know that you're doing your part as a taxpayer before you go into your tax person's office. Let's get started. All right, guys, now in order for you to understand how to save money in taxes as an LLC owner, I'm gonna break this video down into three different parts. There's gonna be basic deductions that I need you to understand. I call them the above the table deductions, the salt and pepper shakers, the things that you can already reach for as a business owner that you should already be doing. I'm gonna go over the advanced strategies that will be for business owners that are very profitable that are gonna to need to bring down their bottom line. And then I'm also gonna go over some niche specific strategies for those who also have investment properties, real estate, and are looking for a little bit more than just the retirement strategies that they could be hearing from their tax accounts. Let's jump in. All right, guys, now we're gonna break down the basic deductions first, the, the salt and pepper deductions, I like to call them. If you are someone that is new to business or you're progressing in your business, these deductions are the ones that you should already be reaching for. The deductions that I'm talking about are gonna be your car deductions. I have done a video right here, right there, somewhere, on how you can write off your car, but I'm gonna quickly cover the car deduction right now so you're aware. The car deduction is not hard, but it seems to be very confusing for new business owners. Part of the reason why is because many business owners already have vehicles that they purchase in their personal name. And so they're wondering, how do I get my car to be underneath my business? Does that mean that my, my business has to own my car? What if I already had the car? They have all these con confusing thoughts going on in their head. So what we're gonna do is just gonna talk about that really quickly. If you have a car, your car can be written off inside of your business, whether you purchased it in your personal name, or you purchase it in your business name. So let's just check mark that off in our head. Okay, if my car was purchased in my personal name, I can still write it off. If it was purchased in my business name, I can still write it off. We already covered that, okay? Secondly, the one difference between purchasing the car in your business's name versus purchasing the car in your personal name is you leverage your personal debt to income ratio versus your business's debt to income ratio, which means that if I'm a lender trying to give you a loan, let's just say you want a house now, I also have to take into consideration that you have that car payment on your, the personal side, not on the business side. So it affects your personal debt to income ratio. So that's just something that for us to know. Now, the car deduction, we can either go mileage or we can go actual, okay? Mileage is what it means. We're either gonna take 56 cents per mile, cents per every single mile we drive, or actual means that we're gonna take our actual expenses on the car. What are the expenses that you have on your car? We have our car payment, we have our car insurance, we have gas, maintenance, and maybe you're even doing car washes, right? We're washing our car. So these are all of the actual expenses that you have. So if you want, you can choose to take expenses instead of mileage. That is something that you get to decide, but you cannot take both. When you buy a car, we can write off the vehicle's purchase amount. So if you have a $50,000 car, 
I can write off this car over the course of five years by leveraging SL, which equals straight line depreciation. What that means is if I'm taking actual expenses, so it means I'm writing off your car expenses, then I can also depreciate the car. $50,000 divided by five means I get a $10,000 deduction every single year for five years. That's easy math, guys. It's not rocket science, okay? Now, we will talk about some of the advanced strategies later when it comes to vehicle deductions. But now that we know that we can depreciate our car, take actual expense, or we can take mileage and depreciate our car, that is one of the basic deductions that you get to control as a taxpayer. It's above the table, the salt and pepper that you get to reach for, you have a car, okay? If you're a business owner that is not driving, then this is where you have to get creative. How are you gonna be able to take a vehicle deduction if you don't drive inside of your business? This is where you need to speak with a tax strategist. The next basic deduction that you should be able to take is going to be equipment. The equipment is easy for you to take because you're already spending your money on it in order for you to be a successful business owner. Equipment could in include your cell phone, laptop, desk, anything that you are using inside of your business that you can reach for, touch, is going to be considered your equipment that you're utilizing inside of your business. And equipment can be written off if you can place those items inside of your business. But Carlton, I already bought my laptop back in 2018. Can I still write it off in my business even though I started it in 2020? Yes, absolutely. Let's look up how much your laptop is worth. Okay, so I find out that your laptop's worth $1,000 now even though you bought it for $2,000. So I get to write off $1,000 now. I'm gonna take the fair market value today of what your items cost, which is something that you can do online too for yourself on your laptop, your desk, your computer, your keyboard, your everything that you can reach for in your office that you might be utilizing, that's your equipment for your home or for your business, you can get the fair market value for those items today, place them in business purpose so we can write them off. And those are items that you need to be able to do yourself as a taxpayer. Your CPA is not gonna tell you this. He's not gonna say, oh, you know what? You probably had a stapler at home in a copy machine. Did you think about that? You probably had a rug that you bought to go at home with your home office. Did you think about including the rugs too? See, your CPA, is not, it's not his job to be there with you, okay? So these are the things that we're gonna be smart about right now. We're gonna get educated right now on making sure that we have all of these items included. These are the things that we already know we're spending our money on, so we should include them, okay? So number one was our car. Number two was our equipment. Anything that we are spending our money on, cell phones, laptop, desks, computers, keyboards, laptops, ear, AirPods. I want all of those electronics and equipment taken on your tax return, not left off your tax return if you're using them inside of your business. They become ordinary and necessary expenses in the pursuit of income now. And now we get to deduct them on our tax returns. Last but not least on the basic strategies is going to be the home office deduction. Carlton, my CPA told me that the home office deduction is a red flag. I wanna know how old your CPA is. Because back in 2002, that was a very common thing that was occurring, where a lot of taxpayers started to take home offices and the IRS came out with this article. I read the article back then. Yes, the article is still online, you can find it. The, art the article talked about how 
taxpayers were taking home office deductions and now the IRS was gonna start auditing them. This is when this stall started occurring, guys, okay? Fast forward now to 2021. There are more than 50% of individuals working from home and probably 80% of business owners now work from home. If you're working from home, do you think it makes sense for you to take a home office deduction? And do you think the IRS is gonna judge you for taking a deduction that is justified inside of your business? Now, that's not to say the IRS are not bill collectors. That's their job is to collect on taxpayers who are not doing things the right way. But if you're trying to take a home office deduction, then you should know exactly when to take it and why the IRS would even audit someone that has a home office. When it came down to the home office deductions, many taxpayers had offices, but then they would also want to take a home office deduction. They're running into this conflict of being able to write off rent, but then also being able to write off a portion of their mortgage at home. If you're someone that's working from home, we can take the home office deduction, but if you have an office space, that is your office deduction, correct? Okay, so let's say you're working from home and you're self-employed. How do we take the home office deduction? This one's easy. We're gonna get the square foot, we're gonna get the square footage of home, and then we're gonna get the square footage of our home office, okay? When we have these two numbers, let's just say our home's 1,000 square feet, and our home office is 100 square feet. When we have these two numbers, we can do division to understand the percentage that we get to deduct. So if I divide my home office square footage, so 100 divided by 1,000, that's gonna give me 10%. So now I get to deduct a portion of my internet, cable, water, gas. These are the home office utilities I can deduct for having a home office. Now, being a business owner also means that I get to also deduct my office expenses. Just like we talked about the salt and pepper that we can reach for, all of the equipment that you have inside of your home office is deductible if you're a small base business owner. So these three basic deductions should show up on your tax return every single year. If you're one, a business owner who's working for home, two, if you have the equipment that you're using inside of your business, and three, if you have a car. Those three items should always be on your tax return and are considered your basic deductions. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me in this video. I wanted to interrupt it to say that I appreciate you for even clicking on this video. It was something that you didn't have to do, but I'm appreciative of it. One of the things that I've done to help you and other individuals like yourself who want to know tax law is I created a private group below my own Patreon where you can click on the link and learn a little bit more about the different groups that I've created so you can get more tax education outside of just a video once a week from me. I really look forward to teaching you and I hope to see you inside. Take care. All right, now that we covered basic deductions, the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna jump directly into advanced deductions. If you're a small base business owner that is an S corporation, a C corporation, or even if you're still an LLC and you're making a lot of money, then you're gonna wanna start coming up with some strategies to help you offset your taxable income. It gets annoying just hearing from your CPA to just max out your retirement accounts, doesn't it? So we need to figure out what we can do as a business owner to reduce our taxable income. And sometimes those basic deductions are already being taken. So we need some advanced strategies. Let's talk. All right, guys, let's go over the advanced deductions that I have for you guys today. The first advanced deduction we need to be aware of, and yes, it is a advanced deduction, is payroll. Why is payroll considered an advanced deduction? Because if you do not know how much to pay yourself, as a business owner, then you can end up in a place where you're overpaying on taxes. How? Because payroll is a deduction. So you need to know how much of a deduction you need 
and you also need to know how much of a deduction you don't need. Let me give you an example. Let's say I'm a small-based business owner and I started an online Amazon business and I made $100,000 after all expenses. So this is my net income after all expenses. I already spent everything I wanted to spend. This is what I have left over in profit. Okay, so if this is my net income as a business owner that's an S corporation, I have to take payroll. Payroll tells me that I need to give myself a reasonable compensation. Let's say I give myself a reasonable compensation of 50% of what I have in my business. Okay, that's a $50,000 deduction, which I'm aware of. So that means there's gonna be 50,000 left over in my business as taxable income. And that means I also paid myself $50,000 in W-2 wages. Okay, well the 50,000 in W-2 wages is subject to social security and Medicare tax. Social Security and Medicare tax is a part of self-employment tax, which means I have to pay 7.65% on the $50,000 that I paid myself, okay? The other 50 grand that I didn't pay myself, that's considered business income and is subject to a 20% QBI deduction. So what this deduction means is that any business income I didn't pay myself gets a 20% QBI deduction. Maybe I didn't want only 50,000 to be subject to a 20% QBI. Maybe I wanted 60,000 to be subject to a 20% QBI. Now I'm getting a bigger qualified business income deduction. Maybe I didn't wanna pay myself $50,000 in W-2 payroll. Maybe I wanted to pay myself $40,000 and now I've reduced the amount of money I'm paying in payroll taxes. See what I'm getting at here? So if I just shoot from the hip with a shotgun instead of shoot with a sniper when it comes to my payroll, then I could be in a position where I just overpay on my taxes. I could be in a position where I'm not receiving a big QBI deduction. Let's quantify the QBI deduction. 50,000 times 20%, that's a $10,000 deduction that we're receiving, okay? But let's just say that you had $70,000 in business income and you took a payroll for 30 grand. 70,000 times 20%, that's a $14,000 deduction, okay? And if you took payroll for only 30,000, then you're only gonna be subject to 30,000 times 7.65%, which is FICA. So you've reduced the amount of payroll taxes that you paid. But what if you're somebody, see, this is where I invite you into the conversation. This is why this is considered an advanced strategy. This is why this is considered an advanced strategy. What if I invite in the conversation of, you wanna qualify for a loan, for a house? Carlton, my lender just told me that I need to show more income on my tax returns. Okay, well then now I'm bumping up payroll again. You see how payroll can become an advanced strategy? So if you're just shooting from the hip and just running payroll at a, an amount you think is good for yourself, then you're not serving yourself as a small-based business owner. So this is something that we have to sit down and run the math with a tax advisor. Okay, now that we understand payroll, guys, we're gonna get payroll out of the way, and I'm glad that you guys already know the difference between an LLC and an S-Corp because you watched my video on the difference between an LLC and an S-Corp and when to make the transition. Thank you so much for doing so. We are gonna jump into advanced strategy number two, bonus depreciation. Bonus depreciation is an advanced strategy, but I see 11-year-old TikTokers talking about bonus depreciation, so it almost makes me feel like it's not advanced. It's an advanced strategy, and there's too many people talking about it online. You know what they're talking about is 179. 179 is a tax code, 179 IRC, 179, is a tax code that was created that allows for you 
to write off certain components in a quicker amount of time. If you combine, if you combine IRC 179 with bonus depreciation, you have the ability to write off 100% of something that you spent your money on. Wrote off the entire thing. You wrote off a jet? The entire thing. Okay. So what are things I spend my money on that I normally wouldn't be able to write off all in one year? Well, if you have equipment that lasts longer than one year, like a camera, a laptop, a car, these types of items can't be written off in one year. They have to be capitalized. They're capital expenditures. So the government says you have to capitalize the expenses over the course of time. So if I'm writing off something I spent my money on over the course of time, that means I'm gonna end up with a tax bill then. I can't write everything off I spent my money on that year. See, this is where bonus depreciation comes in to help out the small base business owner. Bonus depreciation states that if you have an item that you spent your money on that has a useful life of 20 years or less, then we can write off that item all in one year. Carlton, what am I spending my money on that has useful life of 20 years or less? Well, when you think about it, your vehicle is written off over the course of five years, laptop, cell phone, all of these different items you're already spending your money on. Wouldn't you wanna write those items off in one year if you could? Hmm, do you need to write those items off in one year? Do you? This is a better question. Do you need to write off all those items in one year? Or do you need some of them for next year? This is why bonus depreciation is considered an advanced strategy. Because if I accelerate depreciation on your Tesla, on your GLE, on your Range Rover that's over 6,000 pounds, any car that you bought that's over 6,000 pounds, your Yukon, your Denali, if I accelerate depreciation this year in 2021 for you, and come 2022, you make more money, does that mean you just get to go out and buy another car again? Do you want to buy another car again? Do you see here the problem? We have to know when to pull the trigger on certain strategies. Rather than shooting from the hip, I will always make that statement, you need a sniper to give you the exacto knife answer on what your numbers are gonna be. You want these answers ahead of time because if you just do things willy-nilly, you could be in a position financially where you start to struggle again. I talked to business owners that were riding the highs of riding off all these different things and now they're in a place where they're like, they can't figure it out anymore. Like, dude, I can't write anything off anymore. I can't figure things out. They're stuck and they're just leveraging retirement accounts again. Bummer. But if you're smart, then you can pull the trigger on bonus depreciation on certain items that you wanna pull the bonus depreciation on and you'll hold that trigger for certain things that you need to, to pull the trigger on in the following year. So you guys can utilize the bonus depreciation as you wish with and coupled with IRC 179. Let's go into advanced strategy number three, the Augusta rule. The Augusta rule is an advanced strategy because it has a really cool name. <laughs> and it's not advanced to me, but it's advanced to other taxpayers who don't use it. Because taxpayers don't, don't know what to do to leverage this strategy. So I'm gonna talk about it. The Augusta rule was created because many taxpayers used to go out to Augusta, Georgia, where they used to put on the US Open, the golf tournaments, and they would stay in all of these different houses in Augusta, Georgia, and rent out these houses during that golf tournament. Well, to protect the Augusta, Georgia residences from being taxed on all the income from renting out the house to their businesses or renting out the house to some of these business owners, they created the Augusta rule. The Augusta rule says that you can rent your house out for 14 days or less and receive a deduction as a business owner, which means that if you rent your house to your business 
for a certain amount, a fair market amount that is justified, you can claim that amount as a deduction on your tax returns. <laughs> you can use your own house and rent it to your own business and get a deduction for it. Are you serious? I know it seems like some type of witchcraft voodoo, but it is not. And these are the rules that the IRS has created. The rule was created based off of a golf tournament that was happening, guys. I'm not, and I can't make this stuff up. So if you're interested in leveraging the Augusta rule, one, do some research on it. It's totally Googleable. Googleable. <laughs> so what? You can do some research on it. And then speak with your tax advisor. See if it's a strategy that makes sense for you to pull the trigger on now. And how can you set it up? Because if I'm an IRS auditor auditing you, I want to make sure that you are actually renting out your house those days. So what did you do? Were you conducting business meetings? Who were you meeting with? Were you meeting with yourself? Which you can do, but what were you doing to document the meetings? Hmm. As a business owner, you need to know this information. And rather than shooting from the hip, we're gonna be snipers today. All right, guys, we just covered three advanced strategies. We went over the Augusta rule, we went over bonus depreciation 179 IRC that gets thrown around a lot, and we went over payroll. Now we're gonna go over some niche specific strategies that could really help you get out of a tax bill year end. Or if you're in a position where you own some rental real estate, this could help you even leading up until you file your tax returns even if you're on extension. And it's rare that there are certain strategies that you can leverage up until you file your tax return. Typically, you have to leverage them before December 31st, before the ball dropping in New York. You need to have your strategies implemented. But if you're a real estate investor, you have some way outs. Let's dive into the niche specific strategies. All right, guys, niche specific strategies. A niche specific strategies means that it's a tax strategy based on your tax makeup. Depending on what type of taxpayer you are, whether you're ordinary sophisticated taxpayer, yes, there's a difference. You could become a sophisticated taxpayer by buying real estate, investing in the stock market. It turns you into a sophisticated taxpayer because now you have portfolio and passive income. If you're an ordinary taxpayer, you do not have a whole lot of niche specific strategies you can leverage, I'm sorry. But if you are a sophisticated taxpayer, then there are some niche specific strategies I want you to know. One of the biggest ones and one of my favorites is called the cost segregation study. Cost segregation study. Carlton, what does that even mean? Guys, when you own rental real estate, you're buying a couple of different things, okay? You're buying the building and the land. Well, one of those things you get to get a write-off for, the building. When you buy rental properties, the building goes into rental use. It's a weird word, but you're pretty much putting it into business purpose, rental use. As soon as you do, the government allows for you to take a write-off and the write-off is called depreciation. Now this word we've been talking about a lot because we talked about cars already. When you drive a car off a lot, it goes down in value. Everyone's, everyone knows that. But what I'm talking about here deals with real estate. When you buy an asset that you turn into a rental property, you also get depreciation. No, you're not driving a rental property off a lot, but it is sitting outside in the rain, the sleet, the snow. And guess what? We get to take a ride off for it sitting outside. So that beautiful ride off is called depreciation. Unfortunate thing about depreciation is the government has placed a very long, long, long year associated with riding off a rental property. They say if you have a rental property that's residential, residential and has a residential use, then you can write off that rental property over the course of 27 and a half years. 27 and a half years. Guys, 
Woo, that's a long time. And if you have a commercial property, then your commercial property can be written off over 39 years. 39 years. 39 years. That's a long time, okay? Savvy real estate investors don't wait. You're savvy because you watch my channel. And if you're savvy enough to reduce your tax bill, you might consider the cost seg. Why? Because the cost segregation study allows for you to accelerate depreciation. Rather than writing off your building and everything inside of your building, someone is going to get the cost associated with all of the different components inside of your property. The flooring, the lighting, the appliances, all of these different components that make up your property don't have to be written off over the course of 27 and a half years, straight line, like we talked about, SL. They can be accelerated. Now, you're thinking bonus depreciation. I know you're thinking about it because I just taught you bonus depreciation and it's right for you to think that. A cost segregation is a little bit different. It is like bonus depreciation where you're accelerating things. You can use bonus depreciation in combination with the cost segregation study. Ah, you guys are getting smart with me. But I just wanted you to know, we're getting the cost associated with all the components of your property, all of them. I want all the components. And then we're just choosing to write those things off in a quicker amount of time. What does that do? What does that do? That creates a huge loss on the tax returns. Why are losses good things? Well, if you have negative 25,000, let's just say in a loss over here on this side, but you got positive 25,000 over here, 25,000 income from your business taxable over here, those losses can go to offset this taxable income. So you owe zero in taxes. Now, there are some rules around how your losses can roll over to offset other forms of income. And that is absolutely what I'll be teaching in my course. If you guys need access to that, jump on that link below so you guys can jump into the wait list. This is exactly how a real estate investor can reduce their tax bill like that. Cost segregation studies can be done in less than five days. Cost segregation studies can drop your tax bill leading up until you file your tax returns. Cost segregation studies can be done on new properties. Cost segregation studies can be done on existing properties. Cost segregation studies do require you to understand what they mean in depth because if you are someone that thinks you're gonna sell your property, then now we have some taxes that we're gonna have to worry about. So always speak with your tax advisor before implementing any of these niche specific strategies. Last niche specific strategy I'm gonna give you is for high income earners or someone who's ready to make large contributions to their retirement accounts and it's called a defined benefit plan. A defined benefit plan is a retirement account that you are establishing where you get to make large, large retirement contributions all at once. I'm talking about massive contributions. I had a client that dropped in $150,000 into his defined benefit plan last year. I have tons of clients that have done even more than that into their defined benefit plan. If you're creating a defined benefit plan, then you're setting up a retirement account where you're defining the benefits right now ahead of time so you can make a large contribution. The defined benefit plan is not just based off of how much money you can throw into the plan. It's based off of a lot of factors, your age, your demographic, your years in business. These are some of the factors that are taken into consideration when the third party associate is setting up your defined benefit plan for you and lets you know how much you can contribute. Now, if you're someone that has watched this video and said, geez, all of these strategies sound so amazing, but this sounds like it's gonna be a lot of work, 
it is very important that you understand that tax planning is how you eliminate some of this work that you have to do as a taxpayer. When you do tax planning, someone is working alongside you to work these strategies with you so you understand exactly what the tax ramifications are ahead of time. If you guys are interested in learning more, feel free to subscribe and click on the links below to schedule a call with my team. I want to see you in the next video and in my coaching sessions on Patreon. I look forward to seeing you guys soon. Cheers.